So you're thinking of creating an online course. That's good. But what should you be asking yourself before you start this journey? Stay tuned and find out. Being an entrepreneur sounds like, yes, another new client. I did it. But it can also sound like, I am really not understanding this technology. And I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Am I even cut out for this? That's why I started the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast to help infopreneurs, coaches, and course creators who want to build a business online but are battling technology, overwhelm, procrastination, and even imposter syndrome. Think successfully, think differently, think bigger, and take action by learning tips from an array of business owners, all dropping knowledge on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. What is up? What is up? What the hell is up, my Dark Horse friends and family? Welcome back to another dose of questionable course creation learning. And I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And I've been in the coaching and course creation online space since like the 90s. So you could say, got a little experience under my belt, yet here I am still learning. But more importantly, the question is, who are you? And the answer to that, my friend, is infinitely more important because I think you are a driven entrepreneur, perhaps even an infopreneur that is here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And, you know, one of the things we focus on here around here about helping you get that start, restart, or kickstart is, of course, online course creation. I'm a big fan of these things. But should you consider making a course? Hmm? I think so. It, do you, I guess the next question would be, is it worth your time or effort to create an online course? Once again, I think the answer is yes. But before you create an online course, you do need to ask yourself, some questions. And there's like seven questions. It's not like a whole lot of them. You don't have to go down this whole diatribe and self-discovery thing to create your first course, but there are some key questions that you should ask. Now, in case you didn't know, online education has grown significantly during the 21st century. Now, if you think about 2020, it's grown even more because of what happened in inside of that year. All the wonderful events uh, did drive a lot of people into the online space. And thanks to this increasing need and the increasing availability of internet around the globe, lots and lots of people are finding access to resources that previous generations had to spend tons of money to gain access to. Now, to meet the ever-growing demand for this valuable content, there are lots of us entrepreneurs out there that are putting together online courses for their audiences. And when these courses are done well, these programs, these courses, have an amazing way to help other people grow. And they also grow the credibility of the creator. So it's, it's a win-win for all if you think about it. Now, on the downside, many online courses, well, they kind of fail. Yeah. They're met with crickets. They're like, what? What's up? And often the reasons that they fail are very similar. 
right? And hence the reason why I think you need to ask these questions we're about ready to go through. So before going out and creating your own course, I want you to ask yourself each of these seven questions and write down the answers. So I'll give you a second, time's up, uh, to grab your journal. Uh, Go ahead and hit that pause button. Go grab yourself a piece of paper. Uh, If you're driving, you can listen, but uh, be sure to make yourself some mental notes. But you'll you'll want to write down the answers to these questions I'm about to ask you and how they impact you and your course creation. You ready? Here we go. Question number one, have you found market demand? Clear market demand. Is there a demand for your topic out there? I think so many times people hear the phrase, follow your passion and the money will come. And quite often that can be true. And the idea of following your passion is very well-intentioned. But as a friend of mine once said on his podcast, what if you're passionate about licking drywall? Yeah, (laughs) probably not a whole lot of money that's going to be made in that topic. So again, following your passion, very well-intentioned, and you should certainly do something that does interest you because that's going to help you get over the humps and through the obstacles that will come. But at the same time, You need to solve other people's problems. I want you to hear that again. You need to solve other people's problems. If you want to make money doing anything out there in the marketplace, you have to solve someone's problem. If they're hungry, you got to feed them. If they're sick, you got to make them well, right? If they're tired, you got to wake them up. If they're overweight, you need to help trim them down. Whatever it is. Right? you got to solve other people's problems if you want to make money from anything. So if you look at all the best-selling online courses out there, you'll notice they meet a particular need. Sometimes they might meet a couple of needs. But all the really good courses focus on a single need, and they just get right in there. So before you create your online course, you'll want to verify that Your market wants what you're planning to offer. That's important. I can hear you now. How am I gonna find that out? Well, you can easily find that out. Do a little market research. And you got plenty of options uh, available to you to do this market research. If you already have a mailing list, you can certainly inform your subscribers that you're gonna make a course. Uh, And then you can give them the option to sign up and offer, let's call it a first movers discount. First people to raise their hand. I'm looking for 10 people for this beta test. And if you get nobody from someone who's already on your list and you're the trusted source of information for them, probably not going to be a good course to come out with. Maybe you just ask the question, what kind of course do you think I should come out with to help you guys the most? If you have an active email list, they will tell you. You can also go to, you know, Go look for what people are thinking of um, out on social media platforms like Twitter, like Reddit, right? Uh, If you have a large audience, say like on YouTube, you can ask your subscribers to let you know what they want down in the comments section or via the community tab. Uh, By the way, that's a very top secret. So many people don't use that. Anyway, we'll talk about that in in a future episode. But once you've determined that you have enough people interested in your course... Then, and only then, should you start to make it. Okay, question number two. Do you have enough knowledge on the topic 
to discuss it. Yeah, so many people forget this one, and so many people overlook this one. Because you know, when you're making an online course, you're going to have to remember that it's your credibility that's on the line. While you can create something that gives you a fast payday, some fast cash, and a quick um, cash injection, you could lose the long-term trust of your subscribers, of your students, if your content is shit. I've just got to call it like I see it, right? I'm sorry if that offends you, um, but that's a fact. If you put out crap content, people are going to bail on you, right? Even if they don't ask you for their money in return. And if that happens, you can also expect your long-term earning potential to take a nosedive. Now, you don't have to have this university degree, but you're going to have to ensure that you have enough knowledge about the topic that you include in your online course, all right. Uh, you should be practiced in it for, I would say, at least a couple years hmm? or be advanced in your shorter term practice of it. So maybe you're saying, well, I've only been doing it about a year. Tracy said it should be a couple of years. However, if that's one, that's going to be your sole focus for the past year and you've really dug in and you found all the little secret corners of that niche. OK, give it a shot. But tell people, hey, I've only been doing this for X period of time. Hmm? And it, on top of that, maybe, maybe let, let's use a photo, photo, photography um, example here. Let's say you're going to create uh, a course about photography. And as you did your initial research, you found that there was a lot of interest in street photography. Well, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good to create content about photography, um, about street photography, if you're specialized in portraits right? You're not going to have that experience. You're going to say, well, I really specialize in portraits. Maybe you go out there and get the knowledge. Maybe maybe that's your course, right? You could come at this with a completely different angle. This is your topic. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to learn street photography while I've been specialized in portraits. That's the course. Ha ha. Think about it that way. Here's the thing. I think you will find several indicators that will show you that you have sufficient knowledge about the topic to teach your course on. And it could be things like you've talked about it regularly online. Maybe you have a podcast about it. Maybe you've thought about having a podcast about it. People come to you for your input on that topic. Maybe you've built a large enough audience that trusts you on the topic. And that audience could be anywhere. It could be online. It could be in the real world. Uh, physical audience, right? Similarly, maybe you have a, a lengthy professional career. Oh, by the way, that would also work as social proof. Question number three. Have you already, already being the operative word here, built a viable audience to sell to? This is where I see so many of my amazing course creators fall flat on their face. They stumble, they bumble, they trip, they fall, they face plant. Because, well, let me give you an example. You take the time, the hours, and the expertise to create your online course. Because you determined there's a need for that course. So you went ahead and you created it. But what happens when you create it and nobody knows about it? Yeah, we're going to hear that cricket a couple of times today here, aren't we? Yeah, the answer is simple. You're not going to make any damn sales. So many online creators create their course before they have anybody that might even be, be willing to buy it from you. Hmm? I don't care. Here's, here's one thing you can do. 
do the parallel pathing. You know what? I figured this out. There's enough people that are interested in this course. I'm going to go ahead and create it. Maybe you did your research in Reddit and, and, and other social media avenues. Ah, yeah, there's enough interest in this. I'm going to go ahead and create it. While you're creating it, build the audience. Build up suspense. Get them onto your uh, your subscriber list. Look, you don't ha you don't need millions of followers or, or uh, thousands of subscribers, but you do need at least enough to generate a return on your investment. You know, on the money you're going to spend on whatever graphics, whether pieces of this course that you're going to create, or if nothing else. The time, if you're going to do it all yourself, I'm going to video it myself, I'm going to create the graphics myself, I'm going to publish it myself, I'm going to host it myself. So basically, it's free. But you need a return on your investment. That's a lot of man hours to invest, or woman hours, depending on your, your side of things. The number will differ depending on your course's cost and a niche you serve. When I say that number, the number of people that you're going to need to buy is going to be different. If you get into something where it's a low market value, right, then you you don't you're going to need a bigger number. If you get into a niche where there's a higher market value, and I don't know, I have no examples popping in off the top of my head. If you go from make money online, right, lower market value because it's a saturated market, or some people say it's a saturated market, to investment marketing, huh? Okay, well, that's that's a higher end niche. You might need less because it'll be higher end course. But then again, it's also higher end knowledge, right? But if you don't have a large audience and you do have a significant level of knowledge, maybe you need to try something like paid advertising. That's an option. I wouldn't go there first. What I would suggest, and what I do suggest in my course, is that you build your audience while you're building your course. That way, when it comes out, bam, you're ready to rock and roll. And then you find the combination of things that work. Uh, the combination of things, what I mean by that is, what are you going to use as a lead magnet? And what are you going to use as a converting tool? Your landing page. What messaging works best for your course? And once you get that... A little bit dialed in. It doesn't have to be fine-tuned just yet, but a little bit dialed in where you're like, ah, oh, these numbers are, are looking good. I'm seeing an ROI. Then you can throw some money at it because you're if you're saying organically, I can spend $50 of investment in time and resources and get $57 back, okay, cool. That's a positive ROI. Even if it's 50 and 51, you're still positive. Then you can start fine-tuning things. But once it's positive, you can start throwing paid advertising into it. I wouldn't go to paid right out of the gate to build that viable audience. Question number four, what format will you create your course in? Now, here's a trick of that particular question. You may say, I know exactly how, what format I'm going to create it in. Hmm. Okay, that's which is fine. But here's the question I need to ask you underneath that. Have you asked your audience or your potential audience what preferred format they would like to get it in. <laughs> yeah. See, while your audience will largely determine what your course includes, you still have the creative freedom on how to present that information. And if you're creating online content, you can choose whatever format you like and whatever way you think will help best, right? 
But the best way to find out is to ask them. I mean, you got several online course formats to choose from. You could, most creators like myself are creating video modules, which you can put in any number of the different platforms out there, the Skillshares, the Udemy's, the Thinkifics, the list goes on and on. However, maybe you want to have a written course. Maybe it's how you want to prefer to do it. Or preferably, your students or your prospective students have told you, I would rather it be a written course. See, different people learn in different modalities. Some people learn by viewing, i.e. videos. Some people learn by having something physical in their hand. You know, like those people that just need to read a book as a book, hmm? right? Some people are more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, touchy-feely? Right? Kinesthetic. That's the word I was looking for. They're more kinesthetic. They prefer some sort of live element where they can feel the energy coming off you. Here's the thing. Regardless of the format that you end up creating your course in, you're going to need to ensure that the content is easy for your students to follow along. You must also choose a suitable platform for that type of content. And it may be you were thinking of putting in one of the ones I mentioned earlier, and you're like, well, God, if I on that platform i can't do x or i can't do y right so you have to think about that ahead of time find out from your prospective students how they would best like to consume your content and then how you're going to use your skill set in that content and then you can figure out what platform to put it on that almost leads us right into the next question question number five how will you handle payments now Here's one of the cool things about selling digital products online is that your scalability potential is it's massive, right? It's almost unlimited. However, this can also be one of the biggest challenges you'll face. You, know, you might think strongly about one payment method over another that you will accept as, you know, economic trends different from country to country. You may think of a, a PayPal or a Stripe or a Oh, God, there's a laundry list of the payment integrators that are out there. Now, as with many platforms, you can integrate payment processing uh, through various providers, right? Directly linking them in, depending on the platform, um, including major credit card services. But what if you're operating, uh, I don't know, more locally? Maybe you're, you're doing a fishing course focused at the Midwest fisherman. Well, that's, it's a lot more local, right? You might have to think about things like a specific county, specific country. And here's why I say that, because each nation, each area even, could have different rules regarding sales tax, hmm? right? About your ability to do business with their local constituents and the people that live in the area. So you're going to have to keep all of this in mind for when the payments start to roll in. And then you also have to look at something a little extra here. Uh, when you're about to launch, I would reach out to your payment processor and tell them that you're expecting an increase because you're getting ready to launch and you can share with them the sales page and share with them some of the content so that when that actually happens and you hit that successful launch, and they see that increase in sales, you've told them up front and they don't flag you as some sort of potential scam that's happening and freeze your assets. Okay, so we got all that nailed down. Now we're gonna lead right into question number six. What will your launch strategy look like? Here's the thing. 
Once you've decided to create your online course, you're going to need to consider the launch phase right out of the gate. I think one of the greatest things to think about is I want to start with the end in mind. Why? Well, because I want to maximize my sales. Yeah, you want to maximize your sales. So you need to build up the excitement, build up the hype long beforehand. It's a great idea to do this. And you can do this via several methods um, as, as part of your launch of your online course. Social media is, is a great one. If you don't have a, a big social media following, but you have a loyal following, it's an excellent tool to announce the news and get other folks to help spread the word. Again, as I mentioned earlier, you could also think about running paid ads. A uh, little, again, I'm, I'm a little reluctant to say do that right out of the gate until you know your your offer is converting with a positive ROI. And you could also work on your SEO, your search engine uh, optimization results to get your page and its contents to go higher and higher in the search engine rankings. Uh, if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel, you can consider sharing information about the course uh, as the as the launch phase begins, right? Hey, here's what's going to be happening. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, you know, and and use that use all those platforms to collect the information that you need as part of building up that hype. And what I mean by that is, hey, I got, I'm going to do this course. It's a course. It's the how to create your own course course. And here's what I want to ask you as I go into this. I've figured out the nine steps you need to make sure you do to create a killer course. What would you want to see in a course like this? Yeah, and then start getting them to tell you what it is they need to make sure they see. And then you can then answer that. Is that going to be in there? And if it's not, you can add it in there. And it's all part of this building up that momentum. Start with that little snowball at the top of the hill and start rolling it down as it gets bigger and bigger. Okay. And also be sure to create some sort of lead magnet and share a sign-up link. I know when I uh, offered my uh, course on podcast guesting, I announced it before I ever created anything. And right out of the gate, I had 18 people sign up for the course, not just express interest. They're like, dude, here's my here's my credit card. Take my money. I didn't even tell them what the price was. They're like, I want to buy this course. I, I, I know you're, you're, you're good at this. You've been doing this a while. Okay. So I already had the audience and I'd heard them. And the minute I said something about it, bam, they were, they were lined up. So you want to start right out of the gate. And last but not least, question number seven, why are you creating this course in the first place? And this kind of leads to what I was talking about. Start with the end in mind, right? Yeah, I get it. It's easy to see the dollar signs and get carried away with the ease of making an online digital product. And, and if you run a business, the money is, of course, an important aspect. I'm Mr. Capitalism here, right? I know I have no problem paying somebody for their services. The better the service, the better I'm willing to pay. But at the same time, you need to remember that you are an entrepreneur. And if you want to launch an online course, entrepreneurs solve problems. I'm going to say it again. Entrepreneurs solve problems. And people are going to see right through you if you're only doing things for the money. It will always be very clear. You should always be very clear in your messaging. And if you're not, it's going to be folks that are going to be put off. Um, and 
by your messaging. Hmm. You know what? I don't think I said that quite clearly. Here's what I'm trying to say. People will see right through you if you're only doing things for the money, right? It will be clear in your messaging if you're only doing it for the money. Um, and they're going to see that and they're going to be put off and not follow you until you get your head out of your hindquarters and figure out why you're doing it. So make sure that your intentions are right when making an online course. I get it. You have to make some money. But there's a reason beyond the money that you're doing this. And it's okay that you haven't found a problem to solve yet or that you don't have enough knowledge as you've gone through all the answers to these questions. But in those cases, if you haven't found the exact right problem to solve yet or found, found a problem to solve yet and that you don't think you have enough knowledge yet, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So, well, you just said I couldn't create my course. Well, well, yeah. But if you're in one of those cases, what I would do is I would wait before you created your first digital product. Get a little more experience under your belt because as you find that experience, as you gain that experience, the problem will just pop up right in front of you like magic. It will. You'll be cruising along, gaining your experience, and all of a sudden, bam, right there is the problem. You're like, oh, man, this is what I've been looking for the whole time because you're ready to see it. And as you're doing that, you're gaining the knowledge you need. And it's that knowledge that exposes the problem. So if you can't see the problem you're going to solve, you don't have enough knowledge. And that's just my humble opinion. So please, you know, as you're going through all these questions, re-listen re re to them. Hopefully you wrote down the answers to them, even if you just wrote them down mentally. But I want you to think carefully before you create an online course. Uh, but Tracy, you said they're great. Yes, they are. They're a great tool for making some money for teaching your expertise, for establishing your credibility. They are an excellent way to earn money without needing a whole lot of maintenance. However, you will only generate long-term income and meet your audience needs if you identify a clear pain point that needs solving. So before jumping in that course creation, save yourself a little time by thinking carefully about what is and isn't worth making. All right, I think I've done beating that one up for you. Uh, we're going we're to talk a whole lot more in the, in the coming upcoming episodes about online course creation and some things I have coming up to help you with that. In the meantime, the next episode is going to be about the two steps to selling anything. And then Friday's episode, three and a half types of content that you need to update right now now so be sure you check out both of those in the meantime you get out there you run your race you get your results and come let me hear about them i'm serious i, I really mean this email me at tracy at darkhorsecooling.com tell me about the tip or idea that you came away with how you put it into action and what results you gained from it who knows probably even bring you on the show and let you share your story with my audience with that i'm gonna leave you as i always do Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.